Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I have another really special episode for you. A listener of the podcast decided to come on and work through some of her coaching questions with me. So this was a free coaching call and you can have a call like this too. If you go to the link in the show notes, you will be able to schedule a call right away. And these calls are completely anonymous, so uh, not sharing your name or any identifiable information. And you get a free 30-minute coaching session like the one you're going to hear today. This call was one of those sessions where I had no idea where it was going to go. And I think that's really important to keep in mind because sometimes when it comes to topics that are really common in dating, like rejection, vulnerability, um, you know, trying to learn how to do it better. Those are things that come up a lot when I'm working with people. And it's really important for me to not come from a place of just giving a generic response. So in the beginning, you'll notice that I ask a lot of questions and we dig deeper before we start to get into kind of working through and learning from the situation that she presents. In the end, we came to some really deep and impactful insights that I think will be really helpful for you as well if you have ever experienced rejection in dating um, or if you struggle with the vulnerability of dating and really the unpredictability of it at times. And before we get into that, I do want to share with you my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes of this episode. Also, if you're interested in working together in my coaching program from Dating to Exclusive, where we have both group sessions, one-on-one sessions, and a course that we work through together, then check out the link in the show notes to learn more about that. For this next round, there are some really special bonuses that I'm really excited about. So check out the link in the show notes and um, at the top of the page, you can find out what those bonuses are. Lastly, I first of all want to say thank you so much for the reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, so I hadn't seen the Spotify reviews in a little while. And it's like 200 something something. And I was like, what? (laughs) So first of all, thank you so much for that. Also on Apple Podcasts, we're at 449. And I've just been really excited for some reason for it to just go up by one. Um, And my like big goal is to get to 500 reviews. For me, that has always been like, you've made it. if I get to 500 reviews because one time I looked up um, Mark Manson because I wanted to invite him on the podcast and his like media page said, you know, basically don't even talk to me unless you have at least 500 reviews on your podcast. And I was like, okay. And I had like, you know, 200 or something. So for some reason, that number has just always been in my head of like, this podcast will be like, you know, basically like Oprah once I get to 500 reviews. Um, Anyways, it's really amazing to follow along and see the reviews as they come in. And I really do pay attention to them and read them. And they just 
really light up my day. So thank you so much to everyone who's helped me get to 449. And maybe you're one of the 51 people who will help me to get to 500. So I can know that this podcast really made it. And then maybe Mark Manson will want to talk to us. All right, without further ado, let's dive into the coaching session. All right, so what can I help you with today? Hi, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. Um, I had a quick question for you. Um, I met my ex-husband when I was 21 and am now in my 50s. And I am just getting out there dating. And there are some things that are the same and some things that are different. And I'd love to sort of pick your brain on what it's like to be in my 50s and to be dating. Yeah, absolutely. So what's coming up for you specifically that you would want some feedback on? Sure. Um, I think everything is a little bit related, but um, but sort of what I've experienced or what I'm starting to feel is that in my 20s, you know, I was very cute and had a great job and was, you know, went to a wonderful school. And now I sort of feel as though even though I'm fit and attractive and successful, um, you know, I don't necessarily feel as confident in handling rejection and really sort of toggle between, you know, what's actually me versus what's just the situation. And the advice I would give to a 20-year-old feels very different than my advice to a 50-year-old. I feel as though I'm in an unusual situation being extremely fit, extremely financially successful, a lot of freedom and flexibility. So the pool of people I would be interested in is quite small. And when I experience a rejection, whether it's someone I'm interested in or not, I take it really personally. And I wonder, number one, like, what is personal, what is not, how to find out what is personal. I went on a date last night with somebody I wasn't particularly interested in, was sure he'd be interested in me and he hasn't called. And again, it's hurting my self-confidence a little bit. So the question is regarding like, you know, what could be personal, what I could be doing in these situations, how to handle a rejection. I was in that situation ship and he sort of friend zoned me. And again, I was thinking, okay, did I do something Is it just that certain people just click or don't click? And just a way to sort of continue with feeling confident, not feeling insecure, feeling like there is abundance out there. And then finally, as silly as it might sound, I've always had so many guy friends that, you know, maybe I don't know how to be that kind of partner yet because I, you know, it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. So those are each of my questions that are kind of related, but kind of not. Okay, great. Thank you. And how long have you been single and dating now? Um, I've been separated for two years. And I would say that I really just started kind of going on dates. It's been getting more and more and more. But I sort of started in July. Um, So I guess about six months. Okay, great. And tell me a little bit about what it sounds like in your mind when it's personal. So there's kind of these two avenues that you outlined. One is... It's not personal. It's just a situation. Sometimes people don't click. And that's one type of processing. When you're entertaining the other type of processing, like, okay, maybe there is something I needed to do or something about me. What does that sound like in your mind? I think there are a couple of different things. I think there's, I'm not cute enough. I'm not young enough. Um, You know, there's that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not in the running anymore. And or there's a little bit of a fear, like, ooh, maybe I'm coming off in a way that I don't know I'm coming off as. Mm-hmm. And then, and in most of these situations, if I were to be fair, I really haven't been interested in hardly anyone. 
Um, it's just like, oh, I might go on a second date with them again, or, oh, I could be their friend. And then there's like, oh, people don't have time for friends. Like they just weren't attracted to you. You, you either don't know how to flirt. And again, it's not in any of these situations. I was like, he was the one. And then I was in a, I don't know, a situationship, I guess, with somebody where we were talking a lot. We had only seen each other three, three or four times. He lives in a different city. And each time in person, I wasn't really sure I liked him, but we kind of had this love-hate relationship and then he kind of friends on me and it was basically like i like you too much as a friend we have too much to do together and yeah. i was like wow like are you not attracted to me or how did that happen even though in my mind i had some red flags so i think i have two stories and, and one is you know there's a way i'm coming off or i'm somehow you know not you know i'm in my 50s not in my 40s and you know as good as i look for someone my age I feel like it's just a different, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And again, these are not thoughts, you know, you had different thoughts when you were in your 20s because I didn't think that I wasn't attractive enough or I wasn't mm -hmm. in the running. Yeah, yeah. And so when you experience a rejection and all of these thoughts are flowing through your mind, how do you feel? Terrible, I, I feel like, hopeless and i feel like anxiety and i feel mm -hmm. like but how could that happen it's me like of course mm -hmm. everybody's gonna like me and you know yeah. why wouldn't anybody like me and yeah. and, I was, and some of these were like well i didn't like him that much anyways but i would have given him a second date it's almost mm -hmm. like there's either this disbelief like i'm better than them anyways mm -hmm. or then there's like wow I, I thought it went okay or i would have given them a chance or i can't believe like I don't know. Like it's all, I, I, and then I, I feel insecure. I feel insecure and I feel hopeless. And I feel like, how will I ever know if it's just a chemistry thing or if there is a way that I'm presenting myself? Like I was Googling the other night, like flirting, like, do I know how to flirt enough? And for mm -hmm. me also, I'm very, um, you know, again, there hasn't been anybody that I've met that I thought was absolutely amazing. I have to run after. It was mm -hmm. more like, oh, I thought we had a nice enough evening. Um, yeah. One person in particular was somebody in New York, and we had ended up knowing many people in common. I, I don't live in New York, and I just couldn't believe how rude he was, actually. Like, we knew mm -hmm. people in common. He didn't call us, check in, like, did you get home okay? Or I had fun. It was nice meeting you. Like, basically nothing. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, we had a nice evening. Like, even if he's not interested in me, how could he be so rude? And we, I know his cousins, you know? So there's just a situation after situation where I'm like, huh. Like, I wonder if there's something I need to know about the way I'm presenting myself mm -hmm. or, or it's just a numbers game. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so since July, just approximately, how many dates do you think you've gone on? Like how many people have you met? Maybe 12. Okay. Um, and of those 12, what percent do you feel like? the rejection came from them and not from you, even if you weren't that interested? You know, it's hard to say rejection because like, for example, I went on two dates with guys in New York and like, so they didn't call one, you know, one of them I sort of like, we emailed occasionally. So I don't know if I see that as a real rejection, but I guess I would say half didn't okay. follow up. Okay. And going into dating, what was your expectation of what percent would reject you or wouldn't? You know, I it's so crazy. I assumed everybody would like me. 
Do you know what I mean? I feel like, oh my God, I, there's a part, you know, I go, I toggle in my mind between like, wow, I know I'm the whole package and I'm always told I'm the whole package. Mm -hmm. And then it, it felt more, it felt worse when it was someone that I would have considered a second date. Versus yes. like the 50% of the people that called me, I would never go out with them again. You know, like it just, mm -hmm. and now I'm going back. Like the first guy I went out with looped around who's asked me out again. He asked me out right away and I wasn't interested. And now I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe I should just go on a second date and have experience. Whereas my initial gut was like, he's a little bit too old for me. You know, we want different things. Why waste my time? And then this thing with this guy that I've been in the situation for three months really has kind of floored me that I was kind of friend zoned, even though when I look back in the three months, he said to me, you know, we live in different cities. I'm not, I don't want long distance. And even though he said to me, you know, you're bigger, you're more global, I'm local, you'll get bored of me. Like he kept sort of saying these things and we sort of kept pushing ahead. And then recently we saw each other and it was kind of, there was a little bit of mishap their first the date that we're supposed to have, his father fell and I didn't trust him completely. I was like, did he really fall? And then the next morning he came over in the morning and we had a very, very serious conversation about life. And then he wrote me back and basically said something like, I just like you so much. I don't want to damage our friendship, which really felt like ridiculous. And then I was like, was I too open? Was I too serious? But the way things had sort of happened was that sort of the date the day before was just kind of a mess because he had to cancel. And then, you know, a date the next morning just didn't feel the same. And and it was very um, rich and serious, but not light and fun, which is kind of what I had wanted. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, you know, I could sit there and say, he told you from day one that it, it was long distance and, you know, you guys are different, but I was still willing to sort of see where this went. So mm -hmm. that felt particularly hard. And then the, our most recent conversation, he sort of mentioned that he had met someone. And I was like, oh, like, when did you meet someone? Was it like when you last saw me or, you know, and again, that's the other thing that's so different in dating now nowadays is knowing that like everybody's talking to multiple people at the same time. I mean, I feel better now than I did in the beginning, but I was like, wow, we had a great conversation. And he said, I look forward to seeing you. And I never heard, or wow, we went back and forth and started arranging a time for a date. And I didn't hear from him. Like there have been, so now those. One second here. Um, Cause I noticed that we were kind of going into like bird's eye view of the facts, right? Like how long have you been single? How many dates have you been on? What was your expectation? And then it was like nosedive into the nitty gritty of every story, mm -hmm. right? Like this story, the one with the guy you weren't interested in. And even in just talking for 15 minutes, each of these stories have come up like three times, each time in more detail. And so I can tell that you're really holding on to every single experience that you've had over the past six months because you're like, like wherever we go in the conversation, it goes back to this one, right? And so it's obviously had an impact on you. And so just for a second, I want us to zoom out again and stay at the bird's eye. Six months dating, 12 dates, some interested, some not so much, not really like a super, super intense one. Um, about half of those people said, hey, not really interested or didn't show up in a way that was showing that they were interested. And that didn't match your initial expectation going into things, having 
you know, you know, at a different age, having not dated for a long time. Um, but your initial expectation was like, I, I'm awesome. <laughs> like, why wouldn't more people um, be interested? Like, I thought this would be easier. So you did say your expectation was, I thought everybody would like me. So of course, now when the we take action and half of those connections don't turn into more or reject us, that's going to leave a mark because, and it's really important to notice, it's the difference between your expectation versus the reality of connecting with people, especially nowadays when we're doing it in a way where it's like people we've met online or people we don't really have a lot of overlap with. So just sticking with the bird's eye, one more question for you. How quickly did you think that you would meet your next soulmate? It wasn't even a soulmate because I'm just trying or to- partner or- Okay. Well, just, just to have fun. But I, I, I also just wanted to clarify that even though there were 12 people I got I went on dates with, they were sussed out a lot, right? Like we had the phone conversation or we had the, you know, a couple of emails. So it, even though it was 12, they had been narrowed down so much at that point by the time we'd gone out. Um, and almost every person I've gone out with, I've known somebody in common with which I thought, you know, I, I think that's just sort of the way that I work. I was able to find someone that, you know, had some overlap in my life somehow. Either I knew it before going into it or I knew once we were in the date. So that also made it feel a little bit different because we were somehow a little bit more connected because we knew somebody in common or had a similar experience. I felt better about those people than some random person that, you know, there was no overlap at all. Mm -hmm. I guess I just assumed that you know, I'm very social and have a lot of friends. And I just assume that I would at least have, you know, the chance to have had a few dates or with somebody that I was interested in versus the people that seemed interested in me or the people that I had absolutely no interest in seeing again. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you mentioned that, you know, kind of like what you bring to the table and therefore you were kind of like what you were looking for was a smaller pool of people. What is it that you're looking for? In someone that you're dating? Um, I mean, I, I guess, again, at this stage, because I'm so new, um, you know, I guess I'm just looking for to experience and experiment a little bit. But as far as actual, like, I would want somebody that mirrors me a little bit as far as somebody that's comfortable socially, somebody that's been very successful professionally, somebody that's fun, somebody that's kind and nice and thoughtful, someone that's worldly, someone that has some freedom and flexibility, someone that, you know, would match me in many ways. Okay. And when you go on dates, are you coming with that intention that you just mentioned of like, I'm just going to have fun? Like, that's the purpose for me. I'm dating right now, literally just to experiment and have fun. I think yes and no, because I say I just want to have fun, but I also kind of don't want to waste my time. So mm -hmm. if it's someone, and again, like, I think I've called people pretty carefully by the time I've gone on a date with them. So if I feel as though, you know, like there was one person that was asking me out and he had an eight-year-old at home. And I was like, you know what? I'm not interested. Like, that is so not where I'm at, because that's a complete dead end from the very beginning. So I, 
I guess I'm not just into having fun. I'm I'm interested in having a relationship with somebody where there's some substance and that, you know, there's a chance that it's more than a couple of dates. Okay. So um, kind of coming back to that concept of our expectations versus the reality. And first of all, to answer your original question of like, is it just a situational thing? Is it personal? Um, it's probably both, right? Like there are probably ways that like after every day I would reflect what version of myself did I bring to this person? And then it's a mixture of like, okay, what, what intention did I bring? And also what did they bring out of me just based on like how we click and what did we create together? And then zooming out, what is the culture of dating that I'm dealing with? And what is this person's life situation? And are they emotionally available? There's so many variables and factors that are just not about how great you are. But how do you know, like, I'm thinking about this date I went on this week, and he really talked about himself the whole time, which is fine. I mean, I'm a, I'm also a coach. And so I'm a listener, and I like to bring things out in people. And I like to hear from people. And, um, you know, I was really surprised I didn't hear back from him. I mean, I was thinking to myself, like, I I'm not sure I would go out with him again, but when I reviewed the evening, I was like, wow, you know, he talked almost the whole time and mm -hmm. it didn't bother me. As I learned more about him, I became less interested in him, but mm -hmm. I'm a very good listener. But that's kind of why I was a little bit surprised with this person that was so eager texting me and getting together and asking questions and then to not hear. Um, yeah, so that is interesting. I mean, how would we find out if there's a way that we're coming off? We don't have a mirror. We don't have anybody to reflect back to us. Right. So um, we don't. Right. So the actual reality is unless you want to ask him. But I don't see any point in doing that because one, it wasn't someone that you're interested in. Two, it wasn't really honestly someone you should respect in terms of a date because he was talking about himself the whole time. Um, so why would we want that person's perspective when they were not exhibiting high emotional intelligence on the date? Um, but what I would always do after a date is just kind of think about like, okay, so how did that feel for me? And then whatever came up, I would apply to the next date. So for example, with that date, um, okay, I went on a date with this person who's talking about themselves the whole time that like, yeah, I can listen. Yeah, it's fine. Cause it's easy to just listen but how did that feel for me and maybe on the next day i want to practice being able to interrupt someone when they're just like taking the floor or i want to practice ending a date early or i want to practice um really validating for myself that actually that's not what i want right because in this situation you were kind of saying like okay it's okay but no like i think that you can have a better experience and you know, expect more from people, right? So there's a lot of reflection you can take, even if we don't get the exact facts of what was going on in their mind and why. And even those exact facts are not valuable to us because that wasn't our person. And so the exact reason why somebody didn't want to go on another date with you is something that someone else will be attracted to. So it's more about going into you and asking yourself, how did I feel? Which version of myself was I? Uh, what am I looking for? What's important? What do I want to practice? What is my intention for the next person that I meet? And it's about finding a connection where you both 
bring out those things in each other that you really enjoy. And that can take more than 12 dates. And the person that I had, you know, been sort of speaking to for three months who just kind of friend zoned me. And I kept asking, you know, we had both done some um, personal development work and I kept saying, like, be real, like, tell me what it is. And he kept sending me numerous texts and it was all like, you know, I just value our connection too much to mess with it. And I said, oh, come on, you know, you can say you're, you don't think I'm cute enough, or you can say that this bothered you, or you could say, and he's like, I don't know how else to say this. And he said it over and over again. And then the next week afterwards, we were still texting every single day. And then it sort of dropped off a little bit. And then he sort of mentioned that he went away and he went to a place where he normally wouldn't go. And I said, oh, you know, I hope there was somebody there to keep you warm. And he wrote back saying, yeah, actually, I didn't meet somebody. It's early, so we'll see. And I felt like my heart was pummeled. And that was maybe two weeks after we had seen each other. So again, you know, what is about me versus just people are dating lots of people and you don't live locally, how you piece that apart and how it doesn't destroy your self-confidence and how you learn from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where I think um, there's a little difference there in terms of when I got rejected, I had that exact same heart feeling like the destroying of the confidence is normal. Um, and I think the processing of it is what's more important. And what I'm just noticing, just picking up little things from our conversation, is um, there's something happening where that processing is not happening, right? So we're like holding on to these experiences of rejection um, for a longer period of time. And even with the, like, he was saying, like, hey, I just see it as a friend thing. And then following up with him again and again to see, like, why, why, why? That's um, some version of you, like, wanting the processing externally to happen. So you think, if I just knew why, if I just knew the exact answer for why they didn't want to move forward, then I'd be able to let it go. Um, but there's something else internally going on that's preventing you from letting it go that has nothing to do with getting that solid answer externally. So what do you think that might be? Like, why does it feel like if I just had that answer, if I exactly knew the facts? I think with this with this one particular person, I mean, for me to have been in touch with somebody almost every day for three months and just to have really enjoyed the bantering and felt a connection mm -hmm. in some ways, it didn't sort of really make sense that we wouldn't try. And um, okay, I, I don't know. I just it just felt like it. It felt like such a late. I, I don't know. It was again. Yeah. I'm new to this, so I don't know how to think about this. I don't know how to experience this. I don't know how to yes. take things away from this. It just feels like I'm. It doesn't feel familiar to me. So to me. What I'm picking up there is it sounds like I need to know that there's some reason for this because the alternative reality is that you can have an amazing connection with someone and then it just ends. So if I knew the reason I could prevent that from happening or I could know when it was happening, I could prepare myself, I could better myself so that it doesn't happen. And so it's really like a preparation against vulnerability, rejection, and, um, you know, the unpredictability of dating and relationships. 
or maybe it's also about learning, you know, like maybe he, you know, it was like we were, we were talking too much or I don't know, like you texted me more than I texted you or there was already somebody else in the background anyways, or I told you from day one, you were long distance. I didn't want to try. Mm -hmm. How do you learn from each of these? If you don't have any, if you don't know. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's just stick with the first one for a second the vulnerability does that word resonate with you at all um yes i mean i think it does feel a little scary and a little it's something i'm good at and something i usually bring out in other people but i've always kind of done it as a friendship because i haven't dated since i was young mm -hmm. so um, I guess that's what it brings out for me. I don't know if that's the answer to your question. Yeah, because um, the way that you're speaking about it, it reminds me of some other clients that I've had where we're wanting to piece together the formula, right? Like we're wanting to piece together um, the exact process or like way of doing things to lead to a predictable result. Mm -hmm. And dating is more like sifting and a filter where um, we show up in a certain way that we want to show up that is like supportive with who we want to be in dating. And through that process, the wrong people fall away. But it's impossible to find that when you're always going external to how they wanted you behave to behave. Because I promise you, that I have several people in my history who said that I texted too much. Like I could have gathered all of that feedback and followed all of that. And then I would have never met my partner because he likes those things that other people didn't like. Right? Like he liked my sensitivity. He liked that I was anxious and couldn't help but bring things up. He liked my texting style. He liked those things. So you're trying to get feedback that isn't scientific. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to turn your learning inwards and ask yourself, instead of asking yourself, what did he want from me that I didn't give? Or what wasn't working for him, which led him to, you know, end the connection in some way? Ask yourself, is that who I want to be in dating? Is the way that I was showing up the version of myself that I like the most? Did I text in a way that I would love to text with someone else? Did I show up on dates the way that I love to be and connect with other people? And to have integrity with that instead of trying to adjust your formula with every single guy that you go on a date with. It wasn't, I think, again, since this is so new, like there are some roles a little bit like I, I guess I didn't like it. I felt like I was 16 years old in this just, I don't know, like it just became a little addictive. I felt a little bit like I was on drugs, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it, it just became like, it, again, having been married. What are the top three rules? I mean, I think that you don't text somebody multiple times until they text you back. Okay. So, but hold on. Let's stop with that one. Is that a rule or is that, 
if you reflect for yourself, you're like, okay, that's actually how I want to show up. That's how it feels best to me when other people text me. That's how I enjoy connecting with other people. I don't, think I, I don't, I, I don't think I, I don't think I would like it. There was something that exactly. was very, I don't think I would like, I don't like it when people text me all the time, but there was something, I don't know what it was. Again, this is a whole new world for me, but there was something about our connection, which was very bantering. It was very intense. It was very, you know, I, I, I felt low it was a little addictive and, um, and you so know, you sometimes broke those rules. I broke all the rules because I didn't know about any rules. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I was again. I've never had experience. Like the first person I texted, I realized, okay, you know what you have to do is get on the phone immediately. You know, and then you have to do a FaceTime immediately, because the first person I met, this went on for like a month. He lived long distance, and then by the time I FaceTimed him and talked to him on the phone, I was like, oh, I don't like him so much. And then when I saw him in person, I was like, I really don't like him. And I learned through that experience that you can't just have a texting relationship and that you have to hear their voice very soon. And then you have to see them on FaceTime very soon. So with this second person, you know, we had a conversation within a few days on the phone and I'm like, oh, I like him on the phone. And then we had a FaceTime. I'm like, oh, I like him on the FaceTime. And then it just kind of got a little addictive. And it, it, I think yeah. that I've learned that, so, you know, the texting is not real all the time. And that, you know, just because somebody's texting you a lot, I don't think he could have been texting another person as much because he has a big job. And sometimes we text two hours in the morning, like from five to seven. Um, so just notice how much you're learning without asking him anything mm. through your own reflection. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, I noticed that I got really excited about this person, which is amazing. That's the whole point of dating. I noticed that that led me to maybe over communicate a little bit. And maybe in the next connection, I think it would feel better for me if I took a breath or, you know, brought some of that awareness to my communication. Or, um, you know, hey, I realized that in this last connection, we were texting a lot, but didn't have a lot of in-person time or phone time or video chat time. And that that actually didn't really make up for it. So maybe in the next connection, I'm going to initiate more dates or see if someone's available for that. So again, it's not the rules. It's you actually knowing a lot more about dating than you think. So with each of these reflections, you still want to ask, was it actually wrong? Was it the ba a bad thing? Or was it just the right thing with the wrong person? Because potentially getting excited like a 16-year-old and texting and wanting to know everything about each other could be a great thing with the right connection who's in the right place. Okay, so... The main takeaway I want you to have from our session today is you know more about dating than you think you do when you look internally instead of externally to find out what the lessons were from a connection. Those lessons are about who you want to be, how you showed up, if you enjoyed that version of yourself, or if you feel like you do enjoy that version of yourself when it's with the right people in general and really looking internally instead of looking externally from other people to tell you what rule or what formula you got wrong. 
And you had mentioned that at the end of each date, did you have like, when you sort of thought about each date, did you have, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a spreadsheet or sample questions that you would sort of reflect on so you could sort of, or did you just sort of think about it? Um, no, I didn't have a spreadsheet, but even just something like open journaling, right? And before a date, I would make a quick note in my phone that was like um, my intentions for the date, like who I wanted to be, how I want to show up, what I want to give this person, what I want to experience. And what were some of the things that you would answer to those questions? Um, I want to have fun. I want to be playful. I want to get to know them deeply. I want to give them a lot of space. I want to be present, those kinds of things. Great. Well, this is super helpful. I really appreciate your time. As I said, I'm so new to this world, so I haven't really yeah, done I'm excited much for you. or talked to many people. And so um, it was really beneficial. And I, I thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on.